the ISO Mailbag Wednesday episode on Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. If you have a question for me uh, that you'd like answered on one of these Mailbag Wednesday episodes, typically I answer two, maybe three um, questions each week, sometimes four if uh, it's a really quick answer. But um, if you have a question, send it to our Gonzaga Nation SI social media channels, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, send it there, send it to me, Dickau, D-I-C-K-A-U at scorebooklive.com or send it my way on Instagram, Dan Dickau 21 or excuse me, D Dickau 21 or Instagram, Dan Dickau 21. So lots of social media handles. You got to kind of figure out how to keep them straight. I'm not the best at social media, but it's a necessary evil these days. So um, let's jump right into it. First question of the day comes from Dennis from Santa Inez, California. He is a former Gonzaga Bulldog. He's an alum. So thanks for that. But he asks, if UCLA, USC make the move to the Big 12, could you envision GU and perhaps another WCC school to the Pac-12? And this question came uh, a few days ago, right when all that um, kind of insight or thoughts that UCLA, USC would be moving actually to the Big Ten, not the Big 12. The Big 12 has uh, kind of lost a few schools to the SEC in recent years. The Big Ten is the one that's making the huge push to really kind of expand their footprint. But that being said, with UCLA, USC absolutely moving in two years to the Big Ten, I think you're going to see an absolutely uh, different landscape in college athletics, and it's going to impact Gonzaga in some way, shape, or form. There's a couple different angles to take with this. There's a couple different angles to look, uh, and I think this kind of spurs a bigger um, sh- podcast show at some point about what would it look like if Gonzaga went to the Pac-12? What would it look like if Gonzaga went to the Mountain West? What would it look like if the WCC were to stay the same and Gonzaga stays in the WCC? What would it look like if Gonzaga were to move to a proposed Big East, which has been talked about? Um, And so, uh, you know, just to answer Dennis's question about could Envision GU perhaps another WCC school moving to the Pac-12, I do think that is a legitimate chance. I think there's there's definitely conversations going on right now um, in within Pac-12 circles of how do we keep the Pac-12 together and how do we na- bring another power name or two to replace UCLA and USC? I mean, Gonzaga, I think to make that switch, I think you're only talking basketball. Just to be honest, I don't think you're talking any other sports. Maybe men's baseball, um, maybe women's basketball because Gonzaga women's basketball has been pretty good. But from my understanding and what I know about the athletic department, Uh, with GU and its budget I don't know if there's any way uh, that you could do any sports other than potentially those three Um, and again the biggest movers and drivers in college athletics financially are men's football number one hands down doesn't even touch isn't even touched by anything else men's basketball is number two simply based off of media deals and the NCAA tournament the value that that provides but I think there is a chance that the WCC, a WCC school and Gonzaga is being talked to right now 
by the proposed powers of the, the Pac-12. Now, I don't have any insider information. I have talked to uh, a number of Pac-12 uh, contacts that I have, both coaches and different things that um, absolutely value the Gonzaga name, the Gonzaga brand, what it would bring to them um, in regards to the basketball side of things. And they would love to see it happen. They would love to see it work. They think they would bring a ton of value. Um, but first things first, Pac-12 has to figure out what the heck they're doing. I mean, you, you're, you're seeing the top two schools, UCLA, USC, in the Pac-12, as far as media reach, UCLA is a dominant football program. At least they have been historically. It's an iconic brand on the football side. And then UCLA, iconic brand on the basketball side, you've now lost those. How do you re- not, not replace? Cause I don't think you can replace those, but how do you keep everything else that you have intact? Cause you got to keep Arizona basketball. And I think you got to keep Oregon football and you got to keep Washington football. I know they haven't been good lately, but historically they've been really good in Washington and Seattle. There's so much money there. And it's a good media market. Oregon has that Nike connection with Phil Knight and then Nike money behind it. I think you have to keep those three together. Otherwise, you're kind of running the risk of the Pac-12 being gone. Um, But that being said, I think if there were another school to leave the WCC alongside Gonzaga and move to the Pac-12, you got to kind of take a big picture look at who would it be? Well, BYU might make sense because they've got a national following, but they've already committed to go to the Big 12. Can they get out of that deal? Can they switch back to the Pac-12? Who knows? Or just switch to the Pac-12? Who knows? That's really difficult to tell. Could it be San Francisco because of their media market and being a, a, I believe, a alumni-rich tradition tradition and a great school? Don't think so because there's no football. Could it be USD, Southern California presence? Um, they do have football, although it's not at the, the Pac-12 level. It's a one double A. I don't think that makes sense. LMU, I don't think that makes sense. Uh, Portland, they don't have football. University of Pacific, I don't know if they have football or not. I'm just being honest. I don't know if they do. Um, Santa Clara, Bay Area, which is great, right down the road from Stanford, right down the road from Cal, kind of fighting a lot of uh, interest level uh, for athletics in that area. Don't think they have football. Um, so you're starting to kind of Pacific. I don't think I've, you're, you're kind of looking at all these schools and I don't know if there is another WCC school that makes sense to go to the PAC 12 because they don't have football. Would they make an exception to not having football like I would expect or imagine they would make an exception for Gonzaga basketball to move to the Pac-12, it's hard to say. So then you start looking outside the box of WCC. You look at a Mountain West school like a Boise State who's been traditionally really good at football and their basketball program is on solid footing. Leon Rice doing a great job there. San Diego State, they've been a really good basketball program for a number of years. Their football program is pretty good. And then outside of that, where do you go? Fresno State? I don't know. I don't think Wyoming, I don't think Colorado State fits that mold of Pac-12 because you're in more in that mountain region. Um, so it's really hard to say. So, um, Dennis, I know I kind of danced around it. There's a lot of different moving parts within all of this. But I, do, I will say this. 
I think college athletics within the next three years, completely different, completely different. Um, and we're going to touch on that again in some in-depth dives uh, to Gonzaga moving to other conferences in the near future. But um, I, I think college athletics as we know it is almost done. So thanks for the question, Dennis. Appreciate it. Second question comes from Tim in Spokane. NBA Summer League kicks off this week with games. Well, it actually kicked off. I'm just interrupting your question, Tim, but it actually kicked off a couple of days ago with games down in California in San, in San Francisco. But Tim asks, was Summer League kicking off? Do you have any Summer League memories from when you played? Good question, Tim. Appreciate the, uh, the the sending on the question. Yeah, I, I've got a, I've got three distinct summer league memories for sure. And the first one would have been my first NBA summer league. So I played summer league three separate years, which is probably not normal now. Back when I was playing about twenty years ago, yeah, it was more normal where you kind of you when you signed a first round deal you were expected uh, unless you became a starter you, and they didn't need you to play summer league they knew who you were what you were what your value was the organization you were typically expected to play summer league for probably about three years but uh going into my rookie year after being drafted um i was with the hawks and we played in the boston's boston summer league the shaw summer pro league i want to say it was my second or third summer league game we're playing new jersey they had I mean, it was uh, the the loaded New Jersey teams when they went to the finals. And Richard Jefferson had just come off his rookie year, and they were spotlighting Richard Jefferson in summer league to to be their guy and really kind of give him as many opportunities as possible. Um, but we played them in summer league, and I just remember uh, I was always one of those guys that I would always screen and hold it, I'd elbow, I scratch a claw set a back pick when guys weren't looking and something that john stockton always talked to me about and, and and you know i learned if as a shooter if you want shots go be a great screener crack somebody make a problem two guys go to figure out that problem and then you're the guy that get open gets open so i always kind of abided to those thoughts but richard jefferson got tired of me constantly screening over and over and over again and so it was a baseline out of balance play i went to screen a set a back screen on Richard Jefferson and he literally tackled me. <laughs> he tackled me in summer league. Um, and we went down to the ground. We were kind of wrestling around him for a second. We both got ejected. Uh, so that was one of my first summer league games uh, before my rookie year is getting ejected. Richard Jefferson got ejected from summer league as well. So um, that was a memory. Second memory um, that I wanted to kind of talk about was going into my second year with the Atlanta Hawks was going into LeBron's rookie year. He was the number one draft pick, obviously, with the Cavs. We played them in summer league. It would have been one of maybe second or third career pro game for LeBron. And you read all the articles, you hear the buzz, you see the buzz, you hear the hype, not knowing what to expect from what who's the guy who's dubbed the next Kobe, the next MJ, the next great one. I mean, he was as good as could have imagined. Big, strong, skilled, unbelievable passer and willing passer. You could tell he couldn't shoot it yet, but the mechanics as far as his release were great. And that's one of the things with LeBron. He's so strong and he doesn't always have to be on balance. His release is what's so pure as a shooter. And he's gotten better shooting it over the years. But 
playing against LeBron, full house, packed house, um, hot, sweaty, humid, muggy gym um, in, in Boston. It was really, it, it was a cool experience. I don't remember if we won or they won, but I do remember, you know, after the game, like thinking, he's no more pig. He's legit. <laughs> he is really good. I don't know. I don't remember what my stats were. I don't remember what his stats were. Um, but all I do remember is thinking, man, he is going to be unbelievable. Lo and behold, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. Um, it's pretty cool to see. And the third and final memory um, that comes to mind quickly when I get a question like this from Tim is, uh, so going into my third year in the NBA, I'm now with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, and, and that's, again, I talked about, I played somewhere like three years. Um, so I'm with the Blazers after having been traded to the Blazers from the Atlanta Hawks halfway through my second year, we're having a pregame meeting in the locker room, typical kind of chalk talk, scouting report, game plan, this, that, and the other. And found it really odd that, um, coach Cheeks, who was the head coach at the time was in the locker room. And that's not normal for summer league. The, the other coaches that are running it, I believe it was John Lawyer was the head coach for summer league that year. And then some of the other assistants were in there. And I remember uh, after the meeting was over, it's time to go out on the floor and coach Cheeks stops me walking, walk to walk out of the locker room, go to the hallway go out and play the game because it was at Salt Lake City Community College because that's where the Blazers we were playing in the Rocky Mountain Review Summer League. So he stops me and he says, Dan, we need to talk. And right there, my heart sank because I know what that means. I'd been traded once, kind of had the feeling, kind of had the thought after he said, hold on, we need to talk. Well, you've been traded. <laughs> and so right there, I, I, I was I was absolutely crushed as a young player having been traded back to my hometown team the, the team I dreamed of playing for the Portland Trailblazers um you know he had told me that we I had been traded um to the Golden State Warriors and I didn't need to go out <laughs> and and play I didn't need to go out on the court um and so that was a third summer league memory that I have not a good one just a memory um something that you know I will remember the disappointment, the frustration, but then also thinking to myself down the years later, that's one of the things that continue to drive me to work as hard as I could, because, you know, I was disappointed in being traded from what I felt was a good opportunity, a good, good place. And I wanted to make sure that moving forward and not that I didn't before, but I never wanted to leave any stone unturned in being ready for when opportunity came. And lo and behold, um, about six months later, um, that opportunity came because Golden State then traded me to, to Dallas no more than about maybe a month later. And then Dallas traded me to New Orleans. And because of all the hard work and preparation that, that, that I was putting in, I was ready when I got my chance. So three great mem memories from Summer League. So Tim, thank you for sending on that question. Um, appreciate it. Again, you have a question, uh, send it our way. Um, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and review on any of our social media channels, as well as, um, you know, send us a comment. What do you want us to cover? What would you like to hear? Uh, we're putting together a ton of plans for preseason coverage, as well as in-season coverage 
on Gonzaga Nation SI. So for the ISO and on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, thanks for listening.